Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we'll be here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Balthazar. And today, we're just going to be talking about what we always talk about, especially in the football offseason, and that's just typically football recruiting news, as well as name, image, and likeness news, as well as something that's genuinely newsworthy, as well as our wacky segment of the week involving TikTok, and if the episode goes on long enough, maybe we'll know who a cat signal was sent out for. But now let's, let's just open the segment with the thing that's on most Kansas State sports fans' minds, and that is the recent visit of four-star prospect Jaron Kanak to Kansas State University. Now, and we just figured out who the the cat signal was for. So we'll go into that after the Jaron Kanak visit, literally as soon oh as we my. start the episode. <laughs> what timing. I, so, I applaud you, sir. Yeah, that that's wonderful. But anyway, we'll of start course. going into the, the Jaron Kanak visit. And the Jaron Kanak visit is a huge deal for a lot of reasons. The The first and foremost reason at the front of everyone's mind is, well, Jaron Kanak's a four-star recruit. And not only is he a four-star recruit, he's attracted attention from perennial national championship competitors, such as Alabama and Clemson. And I think we're, we're just going to reverse the order of the, the way that it's written on the outline. Does the fact that Kansas State football managed to get him on campus for a visit does that show that we're able or showing progress in competing with other power five schools connor honestly i i think it does i don't think it means that there's like some massive leap forward but jaron kanak is a guy that i think at the tail end of bill snyder 2.0 i don't think it would have given us the time of day no and (laughs) I, i think that our recruiting efforts, yeah, like, there's no way. But, like, this isn't saying that we're, like, guaranteed to land Jaren Kanak, but, like, this this is very promising for the image of the program and the state, as well as uh, uh, the staff. Because I know there's been a lot of questions recently about the staff's ability to recruit and the quality of prospects that they're getting, but... Uh, guys like Jaron uh, coming to visit, you know, that's legit. Like because he did not have to come visit K State at all. No, because he just went on visits to like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. I think he visited OU as well, and he in Michigan. He went on visits to Michigan as well. So those are all massive names. Like you would struggle to find a better list of schools. Um, I guess maybe add Texas and like Ohio State. But you can't which really might do come, much else which might to come anyway. <laughs> have like a a list of blue bloods. Yeah, like that, that may still happen. But nevertheless, if you go on the Jaron Canax Instagram, at least right now, the very first picture is him in the all white uh, uniforms on the back of the Wildcat statue at Memorial Stadium on yep. campus. Which which is just it, it <laughs> is arguably like like the best. Like, this is the second part of it, so I guess I'm cheating a little bit. But it's the yeah, best recruiting picture that I've ever seen. Like, oh, personally. absolutely. Like, I don't think it's even it's close. It's absolutely unbelievable. And, and, and like, I, I have to give major props to Taylor Bratt and 
uh, whoever else was on him for this. I think it was Chuck Lilly was uh, also hosting here. For those those guys to uh, either have the presence of mind while it was happening to be like, hey, let's go to this thing, or to plan it ahead because they realized what a big visit this was. And based on just uh, the reception that he got and uh, just the pictures that he took, it seems like this visit was a home run. We don't know. Uh, because, I mean, we only we only have the pictures to go off of and uh, uh, just rumors and whatnot. But based off what we've seen, this this was a great visit for K-State. And hopefully it puts them in a good position uh, going forward for Kanak. But only time will tell with him. Yeah. And, and that's something uh, pretty, pretty important to note is that just being on, just having that ability to bring him on campus whenever you have the offers list that he has, I think that's monstrously impressive. Even if we don't end up landing him, it shows that we are not automatically out of contention. And this is especially important for our future, showing that we can land four stars if they happen to be in Kansas, even if they're attracting national recruiting attention. And that is something that we need to show the ability to compete for, not only for the 2022 class, but the obvious answer and elephant in the room for the 2023 class. Yeah, like we, we cannot go an episode without mentioning the 2023 guys, uh, Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards, and also uh, you can throw Jaden Hamm in there as well. Yeah. But um, especially uh, Avery Johnson, because he's one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever really come out of the state of Kansas. Graham Mertz is up there. Other than that, I'm struggling to think of guys as talented as him at the quarterback position to come out of Kansas. Um, but but yeah, this is it's huge for optics within the state to show that like K State isn't just you know like a poor old K State that's gonna like do it all with walk-ons. That's because that's not attractive to no, that's not attractive to, to any scholarship group. player. No. <laughs> yeah. So. Those guys, while they already are pretty high on K-State, based on what we can tell, that only goes to help them if they see really talented guys going in as well. Because with the amount of linebackers that K-State's pulling in right now, uh, it's possible that Kanak may not even end up at linebacker. They may put him on offense, and he's incredibly dynamic there. So, I mean, honestly, I'd be fine putting him almost anywhere other than the uh, offensive or defensive line. Yeah. Like, in quarterback, of course. But well, he's yeah. athletic enough to play linebacker. He could probably play safety, maybe. Uh, running back, receiver, H-back. Uh, he's probably a little bit too short to play tight end, but if he hits a growth spurt, then there's even that, just an athletic pass-catching tight end. He's an uber-athlete, and him being on a visit is great for his recruitment. It's great for K-State recruiting this year, and it's great for K-State recruiting going forward. Yeah. And speaking of the amount of linebackers that K-State has been able to land, as soon as we started the episode, after we spent just a, just under an hour talking about, wow, this is this is ridiculous. We, we haven't, they sent out the cat signal like three hours ago. Who's it going to be? And as soon as we start the episode, it is revealed that the next Kansas State Wildcat recruit for the class of 2022 is Oklahoma athlete slash linebacker Jake Clifton, the ninth pledge of this class, or the ninth commit of this class. And the first thing that I think about is 
wow, our linebacker room looks good now. <laughs> yeah, because the linebacker room and going into this offseason was beyond a question mark. It was a glaring red flag that was arguably bad enough in terms of depth to prevent the team from being legitimately good going into the future. And linebacking, linebacker recruiting has been nails so far. Because I'm there's a very clear pattern with uh um the guys that they're getting. They missed on a few guys, which does hurt, but nevertheless, the guys that they have been able to land, including Clifton, have been long athletic linebackers. And so it's clear that they're going for a type of guy that wasn't necessarily here to begin, other than Elijah Sullivan. Because uh Justin Hughes, he was not that kind of guy by the end of career daniel green he's very athletic but he's not really long he's more of just an athletic inside guy but i mean we look at uh gage stenger toby osinsanmi and then now we have uh uh, jay clifton those are guys that i i look at them and those are all people that i see being able to pass cover better than a lot of k-state linebackers have in recent years that's not Just saying be- much but you know yeah that, that truly is not saying it's not a high time. bar <laughs> but but never nevertheless jay clifton uh, i think he actually might be one of those guys that plays safety as well right now because he is listed as an athlete in some places i don't know if he plays a uh, linebacker or not in high school but uh clifton very athletic, very long. It's just, I mean, par for the course linebacker take for the staff. Yeah. And that pretty much fills up linebacker as well for this upcoming class with the exception of they would take Jalen White, I bet. Because Jalen White is just an um, unbelievable athlete. I mean, he is the perfect uh, Joe Klanderman linebacker. Yeah. And he's exactly what they're looking for. So I think they'd take him. But other than that, like, this may close the door on... Uh, um, some other guys like uh, Gavin Myers, he may not be able to commit anymore unless he bulks up a ton and moves to defensive end. But I don't know if he has the frame for that. But yeah, yeah. So here, here's kind of my take on it because we have we have three linebacker recruits, and the way that I kind of see this forming is that Toby Osinsanmi will probably end up being the will linebacker, which is typically known for, in a 3-3-5 defense, is typically more known for being the quick guy that would be able to run around blocks and also pass cover pretty well. Typically the guy in match three that will carry up the seam on receivers. So yes, they kind of need to be pretty athletic. And I can very much see Jake Clifton being, or developing into what Khalid Duke will probably end up being. And that is that, linebacker that steps up to the edge and plays that that wide nine or that nine and just rushes the passer off the edge and both of them I think that Toby Osinsami is that perfect fit for that linebacker role very similar to the weak side linebacker for the Chicago Brown Chicago Browns the Chicago Bears out of Georgia um his name is escaping me for a minute uh, Roquan He's Smith, the middle Ro- linebacker. Yeah, Roquan. Yeah, uh, he actually more plays. He, he. I think in most packages plays the mic, but he's a more natural will linebacker. Which it, that's that's splitting hairs once you get to nickel and dime defenses in the NFL. But 
specifically within the confines of a 3-3-5 scheme, the linebackers that we've picked up are nearly perfect scheme fits. And that is something that I will always value over getting big names is getting people that fit your scheme. Because if you get a player that has a bunch of talent, you can adapt him to your scheme or you can just get a guy who may be less talented but will fit your scheme. And the guy who fits your scheme will probably end up playing better anyway. Yeah, like I, I totally agree with you. And yeah, like you said, all these guys are great scheme fits because uh, Silas Sutter, I believe, he's projected to be a linebacker and he and Toby are very similar sizes. Although I think Toby is faster than Silas. Not so like that's not a knock on Silas. I think that's just Toby is. I think that's just a reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Silas is just like he's like a stronger backer. I think so. Silas is probably gonna play uh, in that middle position, like the true linebacker in the three-three-five. And then you have Toby uh, playing on the uh, uh, that hybrid safety linebacker spot. At least that's kind of what I'm thinking because he just has so much length that to put him there and maybe have him covering slot sometimes. To have a linebacker that can do that, I think Toby can do that. That is invaluable. And because yeah. because ultimately, like, that's like, and maybe even put him on tight ends because Toby, I mean, he's six foot three and he's not a small guy. So he could potentially cover some tight ends because that's the bane of a lot of defenses' existences is it's that the bigger they, tight end. Yeah, the, a big tight end that can uh, actually catch. And yeah. If, so if you want proof of that, just look at what Kyle Pitts did to college football last year yeah and look at any tight ends that's like above a 70 overall in madden since like, <laughs> like it is impossible to cover tight ends in that game sometimes i mean sometimes it's realistic other times it's not but yeah some something to watch and that's something that i will certainly be watching and not only me but probably only me will be how the 335 lines up and that will that will change my answer for what pieces fit in where whether they line up stack, even odd, over, under, saying more football words. But basically just the way that the defensive line and the linebackers line up will, will be very telling. And I haven't been, I obviously don't have inside practice footage, so I don't know this. But once I see that, it'll be much clearer where these guys fit in. But I do think that they will fit in. And that is amazing for our linebacker room that has been let's say struggling in coverage given that our, our first episode we spent what was it half of the episode complaining about middle field coverage uh yeah yeah our middle field coverage got completely exposed over the tail end of last year and we were able to cover it up in uh, 2019 mainly because uh, elijah sullivan was a beast but by the end of the last year he was literally playing safety and like basically nobody was like healthy because they were either out with COVID already injured or playing injured. Like there's probably like four people on that entire roster that like that were healthy. Yeah. That like weren't hampered in some way. I don't, I don't have a specific reason for saying four. So like, that was just a random number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one more note on Jake Clifton that I forgot to mention earlier. And I, I don't remember if he mentioned this or not, but uh, recently, there's been a lot of concern about the staff's ability to win recruiting battles and be out other Power 5 schools, but Jake Clifton was a legitimate win over four other Power 5 schools. We beat out Washington State, Illinois, Minnesota, Missouri, as well as Memphis, if you want to throw in Power 6. So, 
Jay Clifton has proven that the staff can actually beat other schools for recruits. And Jay Clifton isn't just like like a soft win. Like, oh, he had offers, but they weren't really like recruited. No, they, he was actively being recruited by... No, he, he had offers, like, believe me. Yeah, like they were committable offers. Like at least in the case of uh, Washington State and I think Illinois may have been committable. I don't know about Missouri or Minnesota. I'm MU's actually on the... Both of those programs are on the up and up. Minnesota's been pretty pretty damn good uh, oh, yeah. for these past yeah, couple been, of years. Yeah, they've been good. I just don't know if those offers were committable or not. So, like, like I don't know if they like would have taken him uh, immediately. And but, MU lost a lost a linebacker Nick Bolton to the draft, yeah, so Bolton. they were probably looking to fill a, fill a role. Yeah, but Jay Clifton, that, that's a legitimate recruiting dub for the staff. So, Clifton not only is a satisfying victory in that he's a great scheme fit and is perfect for what the staff wants to do. It's also a refreshing victory because we finally get to beat other schools. And I get why people were upset about not being able to get consistent victories over Power 5 schools, or it seemed like whatever a Power 5 came in, we weren't able to beat them. Although that isn't a full context look at the entire situation. Yeah, that's missing a lot of nuance. Yeah, it's missing a lot of nuance, but I do get the frustration because ultimately winning recruiting battles is fun. Like, it's fun to be like, yeah, we beat you guys, like, for this guy. He wanted to be here more than he wanted to be there, and it hurts when you lose. And it so, sucks whenever your 15th recruit commits to Nebraska. Yeah. Like, like, like it was getting, I think that was the main thing. Was It was getting annoying losing guys to Nebraska and Iowa all the time. But mm-hmm. we beat pure schools. Like, we, like, those are pure schools that we beat on this time through. And I think that's something to be proud of. The staff can, I don't want to say they can hang their hat on it, but it's something that they can look at and say, yeah, uh, like, that was a legit win. Like, like, like they can feel somewhat good about that. I think. Like, don't, don't like uh, go on a victory lap or anything. But and when but it you, also you won uh, his one. recruiter, good job. Yeah, according to twenty four seven, his recruiter was Steve Stannard, uh, the linebackers coach at K State. And I know there's been a lot of questions about his ability to recruit. Legitimate recruiting win right here. So, uh, Stannard. I mean, it's only one. It's only one, and we've lost a few. But uh, nevertheless dub right there so looks good there so now that we now that we've gotten over the the impromptu recruiting segment we can talk about the the hot button issue in all of college football and that is name image and likeness issues and this is something that went into effect we're recording this on july 2nd 2021 and the it went into effect yesterday name image likeness rights which basically means players can start accepting endorsements and start using their name, image, and likeness for profit. That, that, that's the basics of it. And this is going to continue to be a hot-button issue for what I predict to be about a year or two before everyone just kind of forgets about it and accept it as a reality. I'm excited because it'll give me a chance to buy a Deuce Vaughn jersey if it goes that well. Please go that well. But yeah, so let, let's 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 start from let's start from smallest relatively to biggest. How do you believe that this will specifically benefit K-State sports in general? First, starting with football, but expanding into other sports. Well, I think that uh, for football, what it does is it allows for hopefully 
uh, I guess it's kind of a smaller thing, but enhanced uh, jersey sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if that's covered in, my, in NIL. I'm assuming that it is because it falls directly under Please. this criteria. <laughs> Please. But, uh, but uh, now Skylar Thompson, they, they can sell a Skylar jersey at like, Rally House or the K-State Superstore. Or yeah, for his Skysman the, season. Yeah, yeah, for uh, yeah, Skylar for Skysman. Is that is that a thing? Or did you it's just going to up? be a thing? Did you make that up just now? Uh, no, I made it up like two years ago after hearing some random drunk guy in front of me in the stands during the Bowling Green game come up with it. All right, well, we're just gonna say that it was you that came up with it. <laughs> I like that story more. So Skyler for Skysman this year. But anyways, yeah, Skyler jerseys, Deuce Vaughn jerseys, um, I don't know, like Khalid Duke jerseys, uh, other stuff. Uh, Jackson like, Ean jerseys. Who doesn't want a Jackson Ean jersey? I can't think of anybody that want to want a Jackson Ean jersey. Like, I'm, they come I'm struggling to think if <laughs> I'm struggling to think if I would buy a Deuce or a Jackson Ean jersey first. Simply get both and both sew at them the same together. time. <laughs> sew them together. <laughs> like, that, that's the obvious answer here. But... Ascend into twenty two twenty nine. Anyway, <laughs> I also like that this will. Uh, on, a, on a basic level, it's just going to allow players at K-State to rep the brand and spread the K-State brand uh, for in football. And we're already kind of starting to see this. Uh, I don't want to step on the toes of a later segment, but uh, guys are going out there and like making themselves known. And uh, by doing so, they're getting K-State's brand out there. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how prepared the athletic department was for this, other than I know that we had uh, the company Open Doors. They partnered with K-State a while back. And I think I believe they still are partnered with K-State to help market athletes and like yep. uh, educate them on stuff like, hey, all this income you're having is taxable, so please don't do tax evasion. That'd be bad. <laughs> please don't evade Cause, taxes. Because that'd be really awkward if, like, like the FBI, like, shut down a football game, like, halfway through to come arrest Jackson Mean for, like, felony <laughs> tax evasion. We had to pick Jax for that. <laughs> I don't mean to pick on Jax, but we were already talking about him. And I just feel like if it were anyone, it would be him. I have no basis for that other than I just look at him and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, maybe. Yeah, I, I agree you, with Jack. you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um... <laughs> I agree with you. It's it's something that is going to be a very very good thing. Um, it, it's just going to be a a very positive thing for for K State specifically because the the underrated aspect of this is yes you have people on social media who are now able to spread the band and people brand and those who walk around campus and able to accept money for endorsements. But I think this will actually be a sneakily good thing for, and before, before let me preface this, that we're going to get into scary economics talk here. Um, I think it will very much benefit small businesses in Manhattan. So just imagine you have a bunch of small businesses or local chains, and they can finally start giving endorsements to football players. So not only does the football player get money, the businesses that other people might not have gone to or people traveling from out of town might not have heard of are now getting exposure because they sponsored a player and the player scratched their back. And that's that the economics of this, it, it benefits a lot more people than, than people are talking about. And that's something that 
I 100% will stand behind and accept because it's great. It's great for all parties. Yeah, like, like I'm picturing, like, Cooper Beebe, like, intensely, like, reading a book at Dusty Bookshelf and then, like, closing it and being like, hi, I'm Cooper Beebe. Like, like, like literacy is important or something like that. And that's yeah, literacy is important. Bookshelf. Like, and of course, like, there's probably not going to be a lot of, like, traditional ads. I think a lot of it's going to be social media posts. Like, hey, do this thing and you use this code. And they'll get some money for it. Like, that's so easy. And I, I think there's there's nothing wrong with that because literally anybody that's an influencer can do that already. So now we're just allowing people that are already, like, well-known but just disallowed from doing it for some reason. We're letting them do it, too. Mm-hmm. So so I, I don't really see much of an issue with that. And that's just from football perspective. But this is also going to benefit uh, a lot of smaller sports as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I know we talked about this a little bit before, and I've seen this kind of floating around, is that uh, athletes, like, from volleyball, women's basketball, uh, soccer, uh, baseball, track, those are people that uh, they may not get the most attention from the athletic department or uh, the sports community Mainstream abroad. community, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the mainstream sports community. And uh, this will allow them to uh, capitalize on success or, like, a I don't know if they're like like an absolutely hilarious athlete, like yeah. But this gives them like like if they have like just a funny Twitter account, they can I don't know like just like get attention from there, and they can start making ads and make a little extra, especially for sports that don't offer full scholarships. Like mm-hmm. baseball gets like twelve and a half scholarships for the entire team, and the team is not twelve and a half people, so nope. <laughs> I don't think anybody gets a full scholarship in baseball. That might be so, why we have pitcher issues. Yeah, maybe that's... It might be asked, might be why I was asked to walk on, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, that, that's an ace story time. We can hang on to that one uh, for a very dry week. We, we have but, two now, uh, don't we? Uh, ace story times? Yeah. yeah. What's the other one? Uh, student coaching. You oh, yeah. There. Yeah, we have, we have two ace story times now. Uh, well, we'll do some long-form interviews for that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Or someone will... Yeah, well, email us at Aggieville Alley Cats and ask the question, what's the story yeah. he's there? Yeah, request it. We'll do it. Probably. Within reason. But Within reason? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, like, get the, I'll get the tub full of pudding. Oh, boy. I'm going to forget <laughs> you said that. So, anyways, imagine Jordan Wicks last year. Like, Jordan Wicks, like, very obviously going to be a first-round guy. But uh, Jordan Wicks is a guy that deserved endorsements last year. Because he was so entertaining, led the Big 12 in strikeouts, probably the best pitcher in KC history, and he still had to like probably take out loans for school as well, mm-hmm. which is just kind of ridiculous because now he's about to go in like the top 20 in the first round of the MLB draft. But but you know he should have been able to take endorsements, and the same thing goes for other small sports, and uh, like Jordan Wicks, he should have been able to take. I don't know who would have endorsed Jordan Wicks in uh, Manhattan. Um, probably a few analytics companies. Um, other than that, probably the Dick Sporting Goods. We'll say kites. We'll say kites. You'll say kites. I feel like kites is going to be the popular answer. There's just going to be a K State athlete that's popular, and who's going to sponsor him? Kites. <laughs> yeah, oh, kites. And hopefully, Gordo sponsors a few, and they get some coupon codes there because I will immediately be using those. And... <laughs> it, Gordos, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Is that like, hopefully that's not like an NIL violation or something. people. <laughs> oh God, the NCAA is coming. Hi. Uh, well, none of us are athletes, so they have no power over us. True, true. You were almost one, but 
Story for another day. <laughs> Story for another day. Um, so we, we've pretty much talked about benefits for K-State and other sports. But the, this is the question that's on everyone's mind. Is that, not necessarily on everyone's mind, but it's certainly been on my mind and a lot of people's mind. Is Will this actually increase or decrease the amount of parity in college football? Meaning that, will we see smaller schools land bigger recruits based off of nothing more than they can be the guy that gets the endorsements. And I'm going to take the stance on this of saying, no, <laughs> I don't think it's going to make a bit of difference in recruiting or at least landing recruits and even less so on the amount of endorsements and rankings for college football schools. I don't, I don't think it's going to make a difference. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that I think it's more likely that this would increase parity than decrease it, but I think the chances of either of those happening are like less than 10%. I think that the most likely uh, scenario is that parity remains roughly the same. Maybe it gets like slightly closer. Like maybe you won't see like as many like Alabamas of last year that just dominate everybody. Yeah, the, granted no that's kind of like an asterisk because it's a COVID year. So like I no, I don't. I, I think that even outside of a COVID year, no one was beating Bama. Yeah, so, like maybe we won't see like LSU's of 2019, like like as much. Like we'll see them occasionally, but I think hopefully we'll see closer games in general without one dominant team. But honestly, I think to believe that parity, uh. Would like if I, to think that parity would get worse. Like you had to assume that like players weren't getting paid like exceptionally high rates to play at, like blue bloods beforehand, mm-hmm. and they were being paid probably. <laughs> Sometimes in some with way, McDonald's shape, sacks. or form. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form, they were probably being compensated for their services to play at big universities. Like yeah, like, like for example, the cost of living checks that Division One athletes get. Something yeah. that no one talks about. <laughs> Yeah, like that that's the thing that I did not know existed until pretty recently. Like I guess they I think I don't know how much they get a case state, like three K maybe. Like it's not a, it's not a lot. But they get two dollars because cost of living in Kansas is nothing. Yeah, which like good in some <laughs> ways, also bad and if you want like a cost of living check. This is gonna lead to like NYU just like blowing up because cost of living checks <laughs> are gonna be like two million dollars. <laughs> Either that or it completely defunds the program. (laughs) Oh, Lord. But, but yeah, parity, I think it's going to remain roughly the same, at least in the short term. Maybe in the long term we could see more parity. Just because I I think as more resources are poured into the sport, I think that eventually you're just going to see more schools just, like, play catch-up and eventually start to build their own brand and get to the point of, like, higher schools. Not saying that we're going to be seeing, like, Boise State win the Natty anytime soon, but... What <laughs> no, I am you hear it here that, first, folks. 2024. What I am saying is, like, yeah, we may see, like, seven or eight schools win a national championship in a decade, which isn't unreasonable, I feel like, because that's, what, like, one school, two Pete's? Yeah. Like, or something like that, yeah. So Alabama can have a have. Yeah, and then, like, OU wins one. I don't know. Uh, Look if Georgia won. K-State can have one as well. Uh, no, K-State can have all 10. Okay, yeah, K-State's going to 10 Pete in uh, the next decade. Uh, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. And on Aggieville Alley Cats. 
Okay, so yeah, I, I think that we've, I think we we very much agree. It's not going to do really anything for parody. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Parody won't change. It's so I think in that regard, uh, the only thing that might change is like possibly locker room issues. Like people like might get jealous of like other guys getting better like endorsement deals. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to be a huge problem. I think I've seen some people be worried about it. I'm not that worried about it, mainly because, A, I think if you build a good locker room culture, that won't be much of an issue. No, and it won't. And, B, that already takes into Exist. account, like, walk-ons. Because, like, why, if that, like, would be a big issue, why aren't walk-ons, like, constantly, like, picking fights with scholarship players for, like, getting money to, like, play, yeah, play, play football? It, it goes even further than that. You think that it, this is going on for a very similar amount of time, though not necessarily in college, Everyone knows that there's going to be people in a locker room that are just kind of better than everyone else and that are probably going to get drafted. I don't think that the idea of someone getting drafted and making potentially millions of dollars is going to be worse for the locker room than some guy getting a local or maybe even national sponsorship. Yeah, because ultimately that guy creating exposure for your program gets more eyes on the television, which means that you may be more likely to get an endorsement. So the success of one guy is good for the success of everybody, unless it's like some rare circumstance of a guy like, like, like just playing entirely for himself, like some like quarterback that like just tries and plays hero ball every play. But I think they'd understand if they're the quarterback that a, they could get pulled like immediately for doing that. And B like ultimately like playing team football would be the best thing for their long-term success and the success of their endorsement deals. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. I've seen some people be worried about it. I think it's just kind of general anxiety at this major shift in uh, college sports. So I'm not that worried about it, but I get why people are. But until something happens like that actually proves that this may be an issue, I'm not going to have it be on my mind at all. Yeah. And from parody to parody spelled p-a-r-o-d-y ah. we've got the wacky slash actual news segment of the this is rare we have a, a wacky segment that's genuine news but there was recently a k-state football player shane porter and he posted a video on the social media platform tiktok of a bunch of people including wasn't it including jake rubley among yeah, other Ruby people. Yeah, Rubley was in there. Yeah, Jake, including four-star quarterback Jake Rubley and a bunch of other members of the K-State football team dancing in full pads to the song Baby by Justin Bieber. And apparently this triggered every single boomer within like a 300-mile radius of Manhattan, Kansas. Because I woke up to Twitter being angry at Kansas State. And the last time that happened, I don't want to talk about it. So I was just sent back way back to a time I didn't want to remember. And then I just realized that, wait, this is just a bunch of college kids singing and dancing to a Justin Bieber song. Man, if this yeah. is what we're getting attention for, I, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a really strange thing. Like like you, I woke up to that, and I was beyond confused as to why we were like trending being mentioned by Barstool. Like, Barstool KU 
said something and it's like yeah okay like we get it they like simultaneously do and don't care about our existence it's like schrodinger's give a damn but (laughs) but then it like got onto big bar stool and bigger bar stool and then people started just like emmanuel acho was talking about it he had a really weird take and like he was getting like uh, he was getting crapped on pretty hard I mean, like, Watcho's had a few weird takes recently, but that's getting into track and field. But really strange. It's crazy. Like, all right, I'll just all I'll say is that his take about the K State TikTok and like his responses were only the second weirdest thing that he tweeted about this week. Like he <laughs> he said some very strange things about a certain Olympian that's been in the news a lot recently. Like I don't know if that's what you were talking. I'm assuming. That's no, what that is exactly about. what I was talking about. Yeah, weird strange I mean Watto's going through it take it easy on him if you see him in public <laughs> for some reason. Like, he, he, need, he needs a pat on the back but but uh I I don't know like I remember seeing this and I watched it and I was like this is this is just a TikTok and ultimately I think all it does is just show the generational divide like Ace I think that you and I are like in the like the last line like on like age groups that like kind of get TikTok even though like I don't love we're tiktok the fir- we're the first group of people who get it yeah yeah like like i think once you get past like our demographic like go out like three to four years people are just like what the hell is this like what are y'all doing like, what is happening here but like ultimately it's literally just like people in their age group trying to interact with other people in their age group and the olds got a hit i got a hold of it no offense to the olds and they <laughs> And no, you, like, we lost all the olds after you called them smelly. <laughs> oh god, not twenty five percent of our audience is actually <laughs> kind of substantial. <laughs> Please come back. I'm sorry. Please, I beg of you. We need we need the address. We're starving. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it just shows generational divide. I people are making fun of it, which it's like, yeah, okay, like yeah, if I. Mean... I if I were in another fan base, I might make fun of it. I oh no, I definitely gonna... would. I th- yeah, like, <laughs> like I might, I might look at it and just be like, yeah, this is like kind of funny and like like stuff that like made fun of it. But ultimately, I see it as a good thing for K State because it shows a few things. One, that if you come to K State, NIL could be good for you. This is that's a take that that's not unique to me. I've seen people throw that around on Twitter and be like, mm-hmm. hey, like all this shows that you can be like you can get exposure like at K State. Yeah, Shane Porter is a walk-on <laughs> true freshman, and he has almost a million TikTok followers. Mm-hmm. Like, I so that's great for recruitment purposes. Um, it also shows that we have a good locker room culture because we have uh, we have guys comfortable enough uh, to do their own thing. Like, would I recommend doing that? I wouldn't personally because it, that's <laughs> that's just not my that's not my style. But if it's their thing, like if they want to do that, like and they have millions of followers, like go for it dude do your thing like like if it makes you happy just do it like who, who cares what like like barstool like alaska says about you <laughs> <laughs> oh no a bunch of old men are angry about what teenagers are doing on the yeah. internet yeah like I, old man yells at cloud <laughs> old man yells at cloud like, like, am I out of touch? No, it's the children. It's the who children are who are wrong. That's three Simpsons polls in like thirty seconds. They predict everything. And you know what? The Simpsons predicted the K State TikTok scandal. I, baby, I, I, baby I, gate. Sk- 
Scandal is generous because from a student perspective, and let's let's be honest, this this was aimed at students. Yeah. It, it, do any students care? Because I think um, there are two groups of students, three groups of students. The majority of people who are like, okay, cool, that's something that exists. This, the second group is the people who actually use TikTok who think it's hilarious. The third group of people is like 1% of 1% who are boomers in everything but age and just say, no, this is completely ruining the locker room culture. And I've yet to meet a student that fits the third category, but I'm not yeah, discounting like the fact that they exist. Yeah, like, of all the people that I know on campus, I'm yet to see a single person be legitimately upset about this. So, I guess just if you watch that and you think that it's, like, it's stupid and, like, you don't get it, consider that you may not be the target audience, which is fine. Like, like, like that TikTok blew up more than I think he expected it to. And, like, if he had wanted a TikTok to blow up that much, like, he probably would have made a more general TikTok, which he has plenty of. He has, like, locker room tours and, like, facility tours and stuff on there, which is great for recruiting, like, from a mm -hmm. million-follower guy. But, like, in the grand scheme of th this was going to be something that I, I think people will forget about, with the exception being if we just get absolutely smacked, like, several times if Shane Porter gets absolutely smacked or if it's the opposite, like if we destroy a ton of people and if Shane Porter has like a 2000 yard receiving season, please do like, like when we beat KU and Lawrence this year, what we should do is hack into the video board and play this TikTok on repeat for the entire fourth quarter. You so, have just lost to baby dancing lose. Shane Porter. You have just lost to Justin Bieber too. Crying. <laughs> I'm going to make so many burners and post so many memes on, K on KU official football Twitter after we defeat them. And I normally don't do stuff like that, but it's because the opportunity is just so... It's, it's so right beautiful. There. I would expect other people to do that to us. To us. Like, so if KU had made that TikTok and they beat us, you better be posting that in our mentions. Will it hurt? Yeah, yes. it totally will hurt. But we do the same thing. So you, you, you can't have miss a the opportunity. You can't like, you can't miss that opportunity. And also if we do it to OU, we have to post it to them. And if we beat Texas, we have to send it only to Emmanuel Acho. <laughs> the strangest takes of the day do not belong to anyone we directly associate with. Rather, Emmanuel Acho. Can can one of the subtitles of this episode be Emmanuel Groucho? You you title these. I don't know why you're... The... I'm asking for your approval. Like Yeah. Like, I, I guess we'll see. Like, you're listening to this right now. Like, it may be the title. We'll see. TBD. <laughs> to be decided. And that actually pretty well talks about everything that we wanted to talk about. Other than the, the surprise commit that we originally just put at the very end of our, our script as cat signal at who knows who we got the answer to that pretty quickly yeah literally but... within like 30 seconds of starting this episode <laughs> like my, my phone vibrated i could kind of hear yours vibrate and yep. i just looked down and i was like of course of, of course, course. but now we're, we're coming to the end of the show which means that it's time for the sappy portion of the show whereas we 
Connor and I both appreciate every single person who takes the time to listen to these podcasts, even for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, no matter how long you listen to it. Just the fact that you're willing to listen to both of us talk is amazing. And we appreciate every single listener that we get. The reality of the situation is that we're both college students and we need money to live. Now, the podcast is in no danger of going away, but anything that you can donate or give to us through the link in our bio on the Spotify podcast page specifically, or on any main page that you might be listening on to this too, we would massively appreciate it. And every single dollar that goes to us would be put directly back into the show. I know Connor is looking at getting a new microphone to fix some of the robo issues that he's had recently. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, my, my, my quality has been pretty, uh, I'll say atrocious and <laughs> I'll say spotty. Yeah, we'll say, we'll say spotty. We'll say spotty. And, uh, I, I want to make my mic quality better because I want this podcast to be easier to listen to. Not that it's like ruining the experience. Probably unless it is like, then please send us an email. Like, please. <laughs> like, like, just like, let us know. And, uh, I want to make this experience better for you guys as well as I want it to sound more professional on our end. So like anything that you give us will be going directly. Like, like, like I said, it's going to go right back to the podcast. And also just, just know if you don't give us money, my cat will starve. She's sitting right here and she looks really sad. I'm just kidding. She's, she's fine. She's not going to starve. <laughs> Mabel is just fine. She's very happy. She is kind of upset. I'm not giving her enough attention right now, but <laughs> You but don't worry about her. She is, she is just fine. She is the real Aggieville Alley Cat. Yeah, exactly. And other than microphone quality increasing, this would give us more time to do things like my specialty, film study, and more time looking at recruiting boards across across every school in the nation to see if we have this guy on our board and if he's a hidden gem and what he will do for Kansas State sports in the future. And this goes across all sports. And it also might help us entice a few guests in the future, though, not to spoil anything that might happen in the future, but we do have a few guests planned, very, very special guests. And yeah, other than that, I'm drawing a blank on what I was going to say afterwards. Oh, and also just uh, another sneak peek into the future to reward anyone for listening this long. Very soon maybe within three or four months, there might, keyword might, be Aggieville Alley Cats merch. Dun, dun, dun. So be on the lookout for that alongside our updated logo, which is in the process of being made. And just keep an eye out for that because we would love to... I mean, obviously, there, there's the monetary aspect of it, but also I think it'd be just amazing to see someone wearing, like, an Aggieville Alley Cat shirt. I think that that would make my day if I ever saw that, and it that wasn't make, one of us. <laughs> that would make my literal week if I was, like, shopping at Dylan's or something, or, like, eating at Gordo's or something like that, and I saw someone wearing an Aggieville Alley Cat shirt. Like, I would stop everything I was doing. If you're of age, I would purchase you alcohol. And I would take a picture of you and put it on our Twitter. And yeah. if you're okay with that, obviously. And and also, I just like I, the idea of having merch. Uh, I, I'm totally for it. I would wear our merch like every single day. I'd get one shirt for every day of the week. And yeah. 
and I, and you should get our merch too if we ever make it, which I think so. Soon. Soon. Allegedly. TM. <laughs> but that pretty well concludes everything that we were going to talk about today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Ace Edwards. I'm Connor Balthazar. And thank you for listening to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we'll be here to give you the Kansas State sporting news that you so enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, evening, afternoon, whatever you're having. Have a great one. And goodbye. Goodbye.